Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Happy third anniversary to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We've been bringing you pharmacy leaders and stories of success for three years. And we're so excited that you've chosen to spend your time listening and growing with us. We also have some exciting news in that we will be sharing a book called How Pharmacists Lead. Go check it out on Amazon for a pre-sale. And we are going to be sharing some of these women in pharmacy who have been leaders and their stories to inspire you. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest. Our guest is Shelly Spiro, who is the executive director of the Pharmacy Hit Collaborative Health Information Technology uh, Hit PHIT is an organization of the major national pharmacy associations and associate members focused on advocating and educating key stakeholders regarding the use of health IT to better enable pharmacists to help optimize person-centered care by the inclusion of pharmacists within a technology-enabled integrated healthcare system. Shelley is active in national pharmacy associations, standards development organizations such as NCPDP and HL7, and is a leader in pharmacy health IT. She is an American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, past president, a 2014 Archambault Award recipient, and 2019 Women's Spotlight Award recipient. Shelly was named in 2019 by Becker's Hospital Review as 102 women in health IT. She earned her BS Pharm degree in 1976 from the University of Illinois College of Pharmacy and has authored several articles and is a national speaker on topics relating to various professional pharmacy, health IT systems, terminology, electronic prescribing, and pharmacist e-care plans. Shelly, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thank you very much, Hillary. And by the way, I, I pronounce my last name Spyro. Oh, Spyro. I, I apologize about that. No I usually will ask at the beginning. Um, uh, so, um, well, Shelly, thank you for being with us. And um, now that our listeners have heard just a little bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Well, certainly. Uh, I've been a pharmacist for over 40 years, and I've worked uh, hospital, uh, ambulatory care. Uh, uh, was an onco- I was trained by the Army as an oncology specialist. I did infectious disease. Then I moved into long-term care and home health care and uh, worked uh, corporately for kindred health care. Uh, before in 2005, I opened up my own consulting firm and have been very busy ever since. Awesome. And pharmacy seems to be in your family as well. You've got several family members that are that are pharmacists too, huh? Definitely. My daughter is a pharmacist and my son-in-law is a pharmacist. And my great niece, who's also my goddaughter, is a pharmacist. Just recently graduated from uh, Belmont College of Pharmacy. Awesome. 
Well, all um all following kind of in your footsteps, it sounds. Um, well, Shelly, um, we'd love to kind of jump in a little bit. Uh, well, maybe you could share how you kind of found your way into uh, healthcare IT. Um, and then we could talk a little bit about um, what you're currently doing with the Pharmacy Hit Collaborative. Certainly. Well, being a pharmacist back in the late 70s and in the 80s, actually my husband was in the military and I became civil service and worked in many of the hospital installations throughout the United States where he was stationed. And we, when I started with getting into long-term care, the computer systems were just messed up. So I started to look at workflow and how the system could really work better for us in our practice setting. And that's really where I got my start. So back in the 80s, I started to, I was a super user for the system we were using, and really began to focus on improving how, as pharmacists, we actually use our computer systems. And from there, just continued along the technology route with automation and other areas, but focused in the long-term and post-acute care setting. Then in 2010, the uh, nine pharmacy professional associations, or the, the major national pharmacy uh, professional associations out of Uh, the organization, the Joint Commission for Pharmacy Practitioners, had an initiative related to how pharmacists can utilize health IT to better improve the practice of pharmacy. And throughout that time, uh, even before that happened, I was involved in the standards development work at NCPDP and some of the work in HL7. So in 2010, when they formed uh, the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative, I was named the executive director and have been so ever since. And we have now 26 member organizations that are part of the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative and over 100 volunteers who write different guidance documents. All of this information is on our website at www.pharmacyhit.org. I encourage all the listeners to go to the website Search for information and feel free to reach out to me if you have questions. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, that's it's it's always interesting to see how um, people kind of wind up in the the technology space. Um, I think, um, yeah, it, it's it's always interesting because it's certainly um, a, a big focus right now, uh, as we're moving into more and more of a, a tech, uh, friendly, um, kind of space. And, you know, you've, you've been through the whole like meaningful use and things. And, um, and of course, yes, pharmacy has so many different systems and there's a lot of different systems. Um, so what are some of the, the main kind of focuses that the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative is working on right now, 2020? Well, our primary mission, which is different from other organizations, is we focus on pharmacists that provide clinical services and how those clinical services are integrated into the national or the United States health information technology infrastructure. 
So we work very closely with HHS, the Health and Human Services, CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Uh, We uh, work on the standards development work at NCPDP and HL7, and really focus not necessarily on the dispensing portion of pharmacy, but on the clinical portions of pharmacy. So we have uh, different areas that we focus on. We are also the represent, we have, we oversee the representation on the AMA or American Medical Association's uh, CPT, Clinical Procedure Terminology uh, Editorial Board. And we've done that prior to them forming the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative. There was another organization called the Pharmacist Pharmacist Services Technical Advisory Coalition. That's formed in 2002 by six of our member organizations and was focused on uh, getting CPT codes available for pharmacists. So we were the organization that helped get the MTM or medication therapy management CPT codes. And we continue that effort. We also work on all types of terminology that pharmacists would use for clinical settings. So SNOMED CT codes, which is an international coding system for clinical terms. And it has over 330,000 clinical terms. We take those and look through those terms and identify the codes that Uh, system vendors would document into their system, very similar to how we use NDC numbers to identify drugs within the pharmacy system. We now have coding for clinical terms within the system. So the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative are the stewards of that terminology set, and we group those terms into value sets or groups of codes or pick list or drop-down menu of certain codes. So as system vendors begin to program the clinical workflow of pharmacists, they can codify a smaller subset so that the pharmacists aren't looking for 330,000 terms. And this is overseen by JCPP and uh, overseen by the profession of pharmacy. It is publicly available at the through the National Library of Medicine's Value Set Authority Center, and you can search for that under uh, National Library of Medicine, SNOMED, CT Codes, Value Set Authority Center, or VSAC. We do, okay. we do other work also uh, on behalf of the profession. We actually uh, write the recommendations for uh, comment letters and write actually the comment letters on behalf of the profession and our 26 member organizations related to health IT. So we help support the government affairs and the policy groups of the profession related to health IT. That includes uh, the National Alliance of State Pharmacy Associations. So although we focus on the federal regulations, we also help support some of the efforts at the state level. So we do quite a bit. And that's yeah. not that's just touching the surface. Okay. And how long, how long did you say again, has the collaborative been, was it founded or? It, it was founded in August of 2010. So we're going into next month or 10th year. 
uh, right. with uh, supporting the organizations. Yes. So you mentioned um, helping to get the CPT codes for MTM, which that, of course, has been a, a big way that, that pharmacists provided services, uh, that we've been able to, to do that and, and get paid for that for a number of years. But as we're, we're you know, right now, 2020, um, there's a lot of, of interest on telehealth. And uh, a lot of those regulations have been, I guess, lessened uh, to help with the the pandemic and getting more people into care with with telehealth. Are there any things that you guys are doing to help with pharmacists provided care through telepharmacy apps, those types of things? What are you kind of seeing happening in that space? Because the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative focuses on standards, we don't focus on individual software or individual software solutions. We encourage, and we're, we, we are vendor agnostic, and that's also so that those members can be part of the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative. So we focus on the coding or the standards for the exchange of information in an interoperable way. Through our policy and advocacy, we support pharmacists' payment for telehealth services and will help support uh, different organizations or even vendors on their technology solutions for pharmacists. So we're more as, we act more as a subject matter expert in this area to provide this to the uh, professional organizations and our associate members with that type of support. Yeah. So not, I mean, not calling out any specific vendors, uh, but just as a a way of practice and policy, um, have you seen any advancements in what pharmacists are doing in that space? Well, certainly we, there's always pockets of innovative pharmacists throughout the United States, mostly in the community-based setting. Um, but we do have some of our clinics and ambulatory clinics that, like the like our counterpart, uh, other other healthcare providers, or we will do. You, we could use very similar software or the same type of asset. There shouldn't be anything that's different, and all those are available. The biggest area is making that connection to have a payment source or uh, a need for that. As an example, by working closely with physicians' offices or clinics that have already have that type of software. If you're, an, if you're a pharmacist uh, in a, let's say, an independent pharmacy, as an example, and you're in a position to do telehealth services, those have been around for quite a while. Several uh, settings in, in the post-acute care setting are using telehealth solutions for consultation with their patients when the pharmacist isn't available or are ut- utilizing that to do home visits, uh, look for the medications within their medicine cabinet when they're doing medication reconciliation, working with technical or delivery staff to handle those types of situations and and use uh, telephonics to help with that. Sure. And of course there's, you know, in a different, um, uh, I guess, way of providing care, of course, options with um, remote verification and and things like that that are also being used 
um, which I'm sure that you that you all help to um, recommend standards and and policy uh, for that as well. Certainly, supporting uh, distance uh, remote monitoring are have been in pharmacy for quite a while, including um, automated dispensing and other types of solutions. The Pharmacy HIT Collaborative doesn't focus in that area. We only focus on clinical services. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So speaking of the clinical services, tell us a little bit more about the pharmacist e-care plan. Well, this was a, a project that we worked on for, oh, probably about six years now from the development side. We actually started uh, with uh, MTM services, the, the C- CMR, the Comprehensive Medication Review Summary. We actually created an electronic structure document, a standard electronic structure document that was validated both at NCPDP and HL7 that has been available for a number of years in relationship to MTM. As that progressed and we started to see um, in pharmacy and for, I wouldn't even say for pharmacy, for any high-risk patient or patients with multiple chronic conditions, we started to see a movement of the government with paying for a comprehensive med- a comprehensive. Uh, medication review, which is part of the MTM suite of services. But then they began to, we saw, started to see a focus more in the post, especially the post-acute care setting with transitions of care, and that data needed to be exchanged with all healthcare providers. And this was a good three, four years ago, where the government began to look at the patient in, a, in what we what they called a patient-centered model, where the focus was on the patient, not necessarily on individual providers that were more siloed. And this is all part of the interoperable exchange of information. And care planning became part of what the standards organization, not necessarily related to pharmacy, but the, the overall standards organization for all healthcare providers began to focus on care planning. And how do we have electronic standard versions of what they call a longitudinal care plan, a care plan that follows the patient through different settings and shares information, laboratories, history and physical, all other information that's shared in an interoperable way. So instead of everybody adopting one EHR or electronic health record type of system, we were able to look at how we can export information in a standard way and share it. Very similar to how we share an email today or attach a document to the exchange of information. Right back when the United States government with high tech began to look at how we exchange and standardize information out of our electronic health records, this is where was the development of care planning. And so we worked with actually the Community Care of North Carolina. They actually were that model under the pharmacy model was part of a, a CMMI or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services Innovation. They had an innovation grant, innovation center. They had an innovation grant that they had to pay pharmacists. And we worked with them on standardizing that 
how they were capturing information, clinical information, and how they would be able to then share it in an interoperable way. And this was because we found that those pharmacists were documenting their clinical services in sometimes 15 different systems. And so they couldn't perform as many clinical services as they wanted to or see as many patients as they needed to to make it profitable. They needed to standardize the process. And this is along the same time that the Joint Commission of Pharmacy Practitioners came in and did the pharmacist patient care process, which is process steps that pharmacists follow for their clinical functions. So we began to work with system vendors and develop the standard of what we now call the pharmacist electronic care plan. We also embedded the coding that we worked on, on the SNOMED codes into this. And this was along the same time that the Another innovation center model called the Enhanced MTM model came about, and we worked with them to adopt the SNOMED codes so that we can measure pharmacists for their value on MTM services instead of just a checkbox that an MTM service was performed. So that that pilot's uh, closely coming to an end in the next couple of years, and we'll see the results of of that effort. But the pharmacist electronic care plan has been widely adopted. There's a network out there from the that came from the community care in North Carolina model, was picked up by the National Community Pharmacists Association as part of their innovation center. And that's called the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Service community pharmacy enhanced service network. It's a network of independent community pharmacies. I believe they have 2,500 pharmacies now. I think they're the fifth largest network in the pharmacy network in the United States now. And they adopted the care plan initiative to collect this clinical data and then work with payers on paying for those particular types of services. But the pharmacist electronic care plan is the conduit or the standardized way of sharing that information uh, back to uh, a payer and eventually to providers and, and others who need to share that information. It's very robust. It's focused on health concerns, which includes your assessments, which include pharmacogenomic information, your observations, which include your laboratory, uh, your history physical, could include the interventions that the pharmacist is making, the outcomes of those interventions, and the goals, uh, patient-specific goals related to the patient that can all be documented and shared with others. And this is important because the government has now has a huge project going on for multiple or for care planning for multiple chronic conditions. And they're using the same type of standards and these uh, this updated version of the standards called FIRE or Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resources, which is a, a very application-based, very similar to your cell phone applications that can actually share information in an interoperable and secure way. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste 
compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. So Shelly, um, speaking about, you know, sharing information and, and collaborating with others, I'm sure that you've got to do a lot of that, um, working with other, uh, disciplines and, and other professions. Um, how, how do you guys accomplish that with the pharmacy HIT collaborative? Well, we do that in several ways, especially our, our pharmacy professional associations. They play an important role and sit on many interdisciplinary uh, team projects. And so we help support those initiatives. But when you're working in the standards area, not necessarily with NCPDP, but with HL7 or Health Level 7, that's where the other healthcare providers and healthcare vendors uh, create standards. And we're very active within that. And that's all part goes back to the mission of the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative, which is focused on pharmacists providing clinical services and how those clinical services are integrated into the national health IT infrastructure. So we're not, the standards that we build are not standards that are siloed, but are standards that are following the same type of care plan because the basis of the care plan, although it's the pharmacist's electronic care plan, the implementation guide and the use have examples specific to pharmacy, but the care plan itself is a standard care plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. And just the only other kind of thought that I, I feel like I've heard recently that it seems like it's been making a bit of a change and you might have some more insight into this is the um, prescription monitoring programs. I feel like I've seen that there's been a little bit of change in that. Where are we today? And and are, I'm sure you guys are, are tracking that as well. Yes, I, I've been involved in the prescription drug monitoring program back when it first came out in the state that I was practicing pharmacy, but it's been around since the 1960s and was very focused on enforcement. And when when the opioid issue actually came into play, we focused on where the prescription drug monitoring program, we focused on where the prescription drug monitoring program was, especially with the opioid uh, epidemic that was taking place in the United States. We focused mm-hmm. on the looking at the medications and how we can uh, leverage these registries throughout the United States for prescription for controlled substances. Now we have some states that began to focus on all medications that were coming in. And what we found were these the states themselves had a very archaic infrastructure in their technology. And it was very difficult to exchange and standardize the process. And so we've worked with NCPDP to create standards where we can increase the workflow of submitting and also viewing the information. This is work that still needs to take place, not only for emergency departments and physicians' offices that are prescribing, but for pharmacists also. And so we, although it's still very siloed, we also have issues with patient identification, making sure that the patient information that that you can identify the right patient before if a pharmacy was filling a prescription let's say for a pet 
that had a controlled substance, it was assumed that that was for the patient themselves. And so there were some uh, changes in standardization in the fields that had to take place, which across the United States, which we've done, and just uh, many other initiatives. It's it's much better than it was years ago, and but it still is evolving. Okay. Wow. Well, there's been so much to, to cover, of course, within the, the technology space. Um, Shelly, we appreciate you sharing some of the work that y'all are doing with the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative. Uh, and one of um, my question, questions that I always love to ask our guests uh, as our, our final question to leave with the audience is, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Well, I think the most important thing for pharmacists is, as you graduate is to become a clinician. You need that good clinical background and understanding of pharmacy before you get into health IT. Because if this is what the vendors and, and, the, and folks who work in health informatics really need, is they have to have an understanding of the clinical process of taking care of the patient. We can teach the technology portion to students or to people, but we can't teach the clinical portion without going to a school of pharmacy. And even the practice, you have to be able to practice in pharmacy. Once you have that idea, then a, a picture opens up as to what isn't working. And my advice to anyone who's out there is look at what you're doing within your pharmacy management system. If it if the workflow is wrong, if you're stopping and writing something down, if you're, uh, it, the process doesn't flow right, say something to your system vendor and work on a solution. Because the more that workflow process is streamlined and consistent from one patient to the other, it will reduce mistakes, you'll be more productive, and you will increase your uh, your revenue, and this is this is this was well documented in the Community Care North Carolina model. They had a three hundred percent increase in productivity of their pharmacists when they were documenting in one system. We we spend a lot of time exchange. Uh, losing time by logging out of one system and, and logging into another. So we work very hard on the standards of making sure that the pharmacist can document consistently in one system and, and leverage the technology to streamline the process. This is what we call digital transformation of your business. And it is important and very well needed, but you have to have that understanding and, and be a good clinician to really work in health IT. Awesome. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for sharing uh, some of these tips and, and advice with us. It was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary, and thank you for inviting me. And I appreciate the time that you took and that you do take in doing this and providing information to our pharmacists out there. 
Our new book on women in leadership will be launching soon. Head over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead to sign up to be in the first to get access to our new book on women in pharmacy leadership. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We are going to be relaunching our newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up over at pharmacyadvisory.com. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter, and we're going to be sharing some good content there. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 